reason we do this as Christians on the 9th of Av is to stop so that, number one, we can remember what we're called to do, which is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They need to come to Jesus. They need Yeshua. They need salvation. And secondly, as we look at America today, you know, I hope that in the tragedies that this year has been, rather than just getting angry and maybe even self-righteous, is to realize that there will be a day when judgment comes over all the face of the world, including America. And there never has been a year in America like this where you can see things flip and where suddenly you're walking into a store and you don't have a mask and somebody cusses you out. That normally, you know, would just say, hey, how you doing? It's something's different, right? And so this day, this, uh, this season of time has given us an opportunity. And, and so what I want to share with you is the book of Lamentations. It's five chapters long. It's pretty heavy duty because it's mourning. It's, it's Jeremiah mourning. Now, the word lament uh, in, in English we use, and the book Lamentations in Hebrew, the word is eha or eha. All right, and that just that means how, which is the first word of the book. How lonely lies the city, once so full of people. She who is great among the nations has become a widow. The princess of the provinces has become a slave. Now I'm only going to read a little portion of the first and the third chapters, just because it's an intense book. She weeps aloud in the night with tears upon her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there's no one to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her. They've become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile under affliction and harsh slavery. She dwells among the nations but finds no place to rest. All her pursuers have overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The road to Zion mourn because no one comes to her appointed feasts. All her gates are deserted. Her priests groan. Her maidens grieve, and she herself is bitter with anguish. Her foes have become her masters. Her enemies are at ease. For the Lord has brought her grief because of her many transgressions. Her children have gone away as captives before the enemy. All the splendor has departed from the daughter of Zion. Her princes are like deer that find no pasture. They lack the strength to flee in the face of the hunter. In the days of her affliction and wandering, Jerusalem remembers all the treasures that were hers in days of old. When her people fell into enemy hands, she received no help. Her enemies looked upon her, laughing at her downfall. Jerusalem ascended greatly. Therefore, she's become an object of scorn. All who honored her now despise her, for they've seen her nakedness. She herself groans and turns away. Her uncleanness stains her skirts. She did not consider her end. Most powerful verse to be. She did not consider her end. Her downfall was astounding. There was no one to comfort her. Look, O oh Lord, on my affliction, for the enemy has triumphed. The adversary has seized all her treasures, for she's seen the nations enter her sanctuary. Those you had forbidden to enter your assembly. All her people groan as they search for bread. They've traded their treasures for food to keep themselves alive. Look, O Lord, and consider, for I have become despised. For these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears. For there's no one nearby to comfort me, no one to revive my soul. My children are destitute because the enemy has prevailed. Now in chapter 3, he begins to shift. 
and he sees something else. Number one, he personalizes it. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He's driven me away and made me walk in darkness instead of light. Indeed, he keeps turning his hand against me all day long. He's worn away my flesh and skin. He's shattered my bones. He's besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He's made me dwell in darkness like those dead for ages. He's walled me in so I cannot escape. He's weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out and plead for help, he shuts out my prayer. My soul has been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my strength has perished along with my hope from the Lord. And then comes hope. He says, yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the loving devotion of the Lord, we are not consumed, for his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. For the Lord will not cast us off forever. Even if he causes grief, he will show compassion according to his abundant loving devotion. For he does not willingly afflict or grieve the sons of men. What a powerful passage. What is effective mourning? How do we deal with the sin of our life? How do we avoid repeating what Israel did? How does America stand differently in the days ahead? Or is it just destined to do the same? 